you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. This is Alan Griffith, your host for episode 11 of By the Book. We're glad you're listening today. We want to talk about some very important things. Now, we have talked about the world. We have talked about the concept of an age. We have talked about our culture to some extent. And I want to pursue that a little bit further today. We are facing a collapsing culture. Uh, Maybe the culture has already collapsed. But I want to expose uh, the reason why. And I want us to focus on that. And I want us to get hold of that because understanding what has happened, why we are where we are, will give us some guidance for how we move forward. Now, remember that culture is a religious word. It's rooted in the concept of one's view of God and one's worship of God. Now, that's true for you individually and for me individually. The life we live really tells the story of our view of God. I think of Paul writing and condemning some who he said uh, professed to know God, but their works denied him. In other words, with their lips, they said they knew God, but Paul said, look at their life, and their life will tell you that they don't know God. So this idea of my life reflecting and giving a picture of my view of God is is critical. But it is not only for you and for me and for our families. It's for our nation. It's for our society. So I want you to think of, of what has occurred. We've talked about it before to some degree, but I want you to think about it and again consider where we are, ultimately not to identify the problems, but ultimately to consider again. So where am I going? Because I'm not sure where the nation's going. Where am I going? Well, let's go back to 1968. The U.S. Supreme Court overturned state laws that banned the teaching of of evolution. Now, just think about that for a moment. Where we are in our world today, imagine there was a time when states had laws that said you cannot teach evolution in the public school system. Boy, I wish we were there. Well, in response to that, many states allowed the teaching of evolution. They couldn't keep it out, but they passed laws to require that equal time be given for creation. So that wasn't ideal, but at least the two could be pitted one against the other in the public school. So in 1987, the Supreme Court acts again, and this time they ruled that state laws requiring the teaching of evolution were unconstitutional. So at that point, the public schools remove the teaching of evolution. Excuse me, the teaching of creation. The public schools then became a place for indoctrinating children in atheism and humanism, and we have been dealing with it ever since. And here was their message. 
And they have our kids every day, 30 hours a week. Here was the message that they were giving by the teaching of evolution without having to mention creation. Their message was, there is no God. Our kids have been hearing that for a long time. There is no God. There is no creator. And consequently, the Bible is not true. Now, why was that significant? Because they were destroying the foundation for American morality, values, and even law. Now, you've heard these sentences before that I'm going to read to you. But listen to the first two sentences of the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. Remembering that the Declaration of Independence was one of the critical founding documents of our country. So here's what our founders wrote. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So what did this founding document of our country say? Well, it said this. There were some self-evident truths that they wanted to talk about. Self-evident truth, that means everybody can see it. Everybody can recognize it unless there's somebody who is willfully ignorant. Well, here's one of the truths. All men are created equal. So point one, all are created. We did not evolve from the slime. In evolution, folks, there's no equality. There's no appeal to the work of the creator. Nobody can say, well, God did this. No, take him out of the picture. There's no creation, no equality. And then the statement went on. All men are endowed with rights from the creator. And therefore, those rights are unalienable. Nobody can take them away. There are no rights inherent in evolution. You have no right to anything. Someone stronger than you can take those rights away, those rights that you try to claim. Ultimately, the strongest among us, which is what we call government, will decide what rights they want to give. And you know what? The next government will change the rules. No unalienable rights, but those God-given unalienable rights include life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, you know, today there's all kinds of rights that are being claimed or try to be claimed, but listen, you cannot claim as a God-given right something that God has condemned. And we may pick up on that at another time. 
Well, the Declaration of Independence goes on, the sentence goes on, that to secure these God-given rights, government is instituted among men. In other words, government is not to replace God. It's supposed to serve God by protecting people and securing their rights. Now, all that we've just talked about and so much more is destroyed when we reject the person and power of God. And so for 35 years, creation has not had a place in government-controlled education. Now, when you take the creator out of the picture, you reject the absolute truths he has given. And that's why people today talk about your truth, my truth, their truth. But there are God-given truths that for years have governed our society. For instance, how critical are the rights that God has given us in the legal system? In the court of law, we claim those rights. Those rights are, are brought into the Constitution. The 14th Amendment talks about those rights. You want to claim your right. Hey, I have the right to life. I have the right to liberty. And, and all of that plays into our entire legal system. How critical are the truths that God has given to our social system? I'm going to ask you a question. Is it okay for a man to marry a man? Is that okay? Let me ask you this question. How many genders are there? How many? Well, listen, God has already spoken on those things. God, the creator, the giver of rights, has already spoken. And I want to comment on that for a few moments. I want to go back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Let me read those verses to you. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man, that's a reference to mankind, humanity. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now that's a statement from the first book of the Bible. That's a statement that God has given us to help us understand who we are. And God clearly identified, as you know, two genders, male and female. God did that. Now, I may have mentioned uh, on this broadcast at some other point, <clears throat> but I'm going to mention it again, that today, and it may have changed a little bit since I last reviewed it, but today, if you were in New York City, 
and you went into a situation where you had to identify yourself and identify your gender, you have 31 options. Now think about that. 31 options. You could say I'm male. You could say I'm female. Uh, but you could say I'm non-binary. You could say I'm a gender blender or I am a gender bender or a drag queen or a whatever it is. Listen, folks, there's no truth there. There's no truth there. But that concept is being jammed down our throats and laws are being changed to give honor to gender confusion. Uh, this whole matter of transgenders, uh, generally men who want to call themselves women, getting into women's athletics and dominating, and we have a society who turns a blind eye to the obvious foolishness of this and gives credence to it. And now there are men who are participating in women's events, biological men, participating in women's events, winning, dominating, and glorying in it. And they're getting all kinds of attention in the news. And we're supposed to just say, well, you know, that's the way it is. Everybody has a right to choose their own gender. I was debating with a fellow about this whole idea, and he, he said that uh, gender has nothing to do with, with science, and he wasn't claiming that it needed to. And of course, he couldn't because there's no science there. But he said gender is simply a person's way of identifying themselves for other people. They're trying to give other people a concept of who they think they are. Well, listen, uh, if somebody wants to do that, uh, they have a right to do it, but they don't have a right to invade the rest of society and demand that their view of themselves be recognized, legalized, and so on. But, but that's where we are. How did we get there? How did we get there? Well, we got there because we walked away from God. It is God who gives us basic truths, absolute truths. And God has spoken on the issue of gender. God has let us know there is only two genders, and science backs it up. And yet we have a society that just wants to do its own thing, has no regard for God, doesn't care what God says, because they concluded in the public setting 35 years ago that there is no God that there is no creator, that we have officially evolved and therefore we are whatever we want to be. And who has the right, if we're just a couple of animals, who has the right to tell the other animal what he can be or cannot be or how he should act? No, nobody has that right. And when you take away God as the absolute authority, then you have no idea where you're going to end up as a human being you have no idea where you're going to end up as a society. Uh, one of the great tragedies, by the way, in my own experience, is to find out that young people who grew up under my ministry have now walked away 
from everything they were taught and now claim to be gay or lesbian or transgender or whatever it might be. And I look back at that and I look at those young people, my heart breaks for them. Uh, I do not hate them. I guarantee you they will hate me before I hate them. Uh, I don't hate people with these problems. Some people do. But listen, they are victims. They are victims. They are victims of a wicked world. They are victims of a failing society. They are victims of a failing family. And unfortunately, they are victims of a failing church. What a tragedy. But that's where we are. Our nation has walked away from God. And our nation has walked away from God because the church is compromised and because individual families have fallen apart. What about the the gay issue itself and gay marriage? Well, did God ever speak to that? Well, he did in so many ways, believe me. But if you just go back to the very beginning when God talks about marriage and God instituted marriage between Adam and Eve, he looks to the future and says this in Genesis 2.24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now that's marriage. Marriage is when a man leaves his father and his mother and he cleaves to his wife. And God does something in marriage. God's been taken out of marriage in our society. God does something in true marriage. God takes these two people and supernaturally makes them what he calls one flesh. Now, I count on the privilege to have married a lot of people and really just a participant in what's happening because marriage is something spiritual. It is not only physical, it is not only emotional, it is a spiritual work of God. And I might say the Bible bears out elsewhere that that marriage is supposed to be a lifelong relationship. How we have fallen, how we have failed in exalting marriage for the holy relationship that it is. Oh my, we're in trouble. But when I see again these young people who have, who have grown up and now hold to these views, it breaks my heart. And I want to I know what happened. And as a pastor, where, where did I fail? But where have families failed? Well, the simple truth is, as a society, we are probably not going to return to our founding principles as stated in the Declaration of Independence and stated in so many ways in the earliest days of of this country. But here's my question. Where are you? Where are you? Where are your kids? Where is your family? Because this is the burden that you and I have to deal with. The world is going to do what it's going to do. But you and I need to make sure that by God's grace, our life, our home, our marriage, our family is going to be different. One of the things my wife and I settled early on in ministry was this. 
We want to help and minister to as many people as we can. But most important will be our ministry to our own kids. And we may not win everybody out there in a community or in a church. But by the grace of God, we were going to win our own. And so that battle continues in our lives, continues in our family and in your family. And we're going to pursue some of those things as we move forward in By the Book. Lord bless you. Until next time.